Points Online, we are honored that you are joining us today. If God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org forward slash my story. It's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option, or you can download our app and choose to give there as well. We are so excited to hear a powerful message from God's Word today. I just want to tell y'all uh, where I'm at as I get started in this message. I'm excited because this is not a message that, uh, here's the truth. Every once in a while I'll get a message and it's just like, man, it's just flowing. Like I didn't really have to study for this one. I didn't really have to do much for this one because God just gave it to me. And then there's the opposite end of the spectrum where I'm going through it, not flowing. I'm going through it. And that's this one. And then God tends to put things right in front of you, and you just laugh. You just go, yeah, I see it, God. I, and then I really see what I did wrong a couple weeks ago and last night and this morning and whatever else. Like, it's hard. It's hard sometimes. So I want to ask this question. How many of y'all truthfully, and I need y'all to be honest because I'm going, I'm, this is pastor being honest with y'all. I'm going to call you out if you lie to me right now. Is everybody good with that? Is everybody good with that? How many of y'all deal with difficult people in your life? Show me your hand. Everybody doesn't raise their hand. I'm going to point at you. Just kidding. All right, but for real, I would. All right, because the reality is everybody deals with somebody that is really difficult. Everybody deals with somebody difficult. Married people, let me see your hands. Married people. You sure do. Somebody talk to me in this place. Amen. Huh? My wife's not in here this service, so I get a little bit more freedom in Jesus' name. But I, I said enough in the first one, so I built a nice dog house, but I got an AC and a heater in it. Come on, somebody. Got my Diet Coke fountain, my Diet Mountain Dew fountain. I'm ready to go, everybody. So I got my dog house built. But the reality is the hardest, most difficult people sometimes to, to, to live with and to hang out with and to do life with are the people that we're closest to. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So we know that we've got difficult people, but then there's these big elephants in the room, right? Like, there's these bombs that go off when it comes to race, when it comes to politics. Did anybody watch Monday night? <laughs> like, I just wanted to cry and throw up and laugh all at the same time. So I did all three except for the throw up part. Like, I just, you got it. You were the only one, though, me and you. Like, like I, I, just, I just looked at them and I was like, seriously? Because if y'all walked away from the debate, and you were like, my person was awesome. <laughs> then I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. <laughs> and you are part of my difficult people. Because I walked away and thought, God, help us. Yeah. <laughs> Head and shoulder, knee and throat. Like I was doing everything I could. Because I just thought, this can't be the two best people we've got. <laughs> it can't be. Because you have people. Listen, this is my problem, y'all. And this is kind of, I'm just going to lead into it. People are difficult. And I am telling you the most difficult person that I know in this world is Mark Pangle. I am, oh my gosh. I am so stubborn and hard-headed. I am, like, and I just look and take, a, 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 I take an inventory of my life sometimes, y'all, and I go, what are you doing, bro? I call myself bro. If y'all aren't cool with that, then we're just not going to be cool. But I was like, hey, why did that matter? Leah, I told you you should have. What? 
Who gives a rat's behind? You know what I'm talking about. Like, that's so dumb, Mark. But I make this huge deal about stuff. I am so difficult to deal with. And yet, I almost never consider that when I'm considering how difficult you're being in my life. And the struggle is, y'all, and if nobody talks to me in here, y'all are just going to have to be silent. But I need y'all to know that I preach better when you talk to me. Somebody that was there Thursday needs to tell me that I'm right on this. Come on. But the reality of the matter is this. Some people are just, they just suck the life out of you, okay? And they're not trying to bless you, and they're not trying to help you, and they're really hard-headed. So how do we deal with them? Because the reality is everybody has a group of people in their life that they have to deal with. And I just want to show you the blessings of my life. I'm going to show you the people that I struggle with. Are y'all cool with that? I got some emojis. Everybody say emoji. If y'all don't know what that is, you're going to learn, okay? Because I use them when I text you. All right. First one is the volcano. Let me see the people. Can, can, we're going to be honest in this room today, everybody. Who gets real angry when you let things simmer, get, go up? Thank you. Praise the Lord. Angry people. Okay. I'm not the only one. Whew. You can actually start hearing it with me. Y'all know like when, you, when you're making tea, back and up, starts going and Leah goes, oh, no, <laughs> you didn't. I'm about, okay, no one's with me today. That's fine. But like, this is, this is the person. This is the person. You walk around and go, oh, and you're tiptoeing. It's like eggshells. You don't know which one you're going to get in this craziness. And you're like, that person was real happy five minutes ago, but they're about to blow their top because one thing went wrong. This is who Mark Pangle is in his flesh. I'll give you an example. When I'm driving down the road and the Holy Ghost moves in this place, okay, so I'm feeling it, and then I leave. That's Holy Spirit for everybody that's nervous right now. He's not a ghost. Okay, but, but when I leave here and I'm like, man, God, you did great, and I'm going to go, and then you cut me off and flip me the bird. This is who wants to come out. Now, I know some of y'all are just like, I wonder what that person's problem is. They're just sad in their life. That is not who I naturally am. Now, listen, I'm just, I'm just saying Ah! You talking to? Huh? You don't know me. <laughs> Tell somebody in here. Next part. This is these are difficult people to deal with. Y'all just stay with it. Next one. Y'all know this person. Y'all ain't ever sinned. Huh? Somebody needs to talk to me. I see people point praise the Lord. And there's people that we wonder if they've sinned. Talk to me in this place. Like Tim Tebow. Does that guy ever said a bad word? At some point, I just got to ask sometime, like, did you ever break a fingernail and say the bad word, bro? Like, sometime you had to sin. But sometimes I get the struggle because I wonder if that person's really like that. I'm not talking about Tebow now. I wonder if just in general, the people around us, and they're like, I can't believe you would say that. I'm like, I can't believe you would judge me. Only God can judge me now. Come on, somebody. Y'all don't know Tupac, so just keep going. Only God can judge. <clears throat> y'all, some of the young people for real don't know Tupac, and that's a shame. All right, here we go. But y'all know this person. This is, mm, y'all know this one, because this is this guy. They are always smarter than you. Like, if you are a, a surgeon in this room, they're going to tell you how to cut somebody. <laughs> we all got them. They're going to tell you how to be a school teacher. You don't, you're not a good nurse. Y'all aren't good nurses. 
Huh? You can't bank. You don't know what you do. I got to bank. Huh? I can bank better than y'all. I can nurse better than y'all. I can army better than y'all. I can preach better. Wait. I can do whatever I can do better than y'all. And tell me I need people to talk to me. Do y'all know those people? Yes. And you just want to look at them and say, then preach. You know what I'm saying? Like you start. Go ahead. But we all have them. And they're the person that they're the smartest person in every room. And I'm just like, you are not a rocket science, honey. But congratulations feeling that way. And it's difficult to deal with them. I'm being honest with y'all right now. I find myself, if I'm not careful, being a know-it-all like this. And I hate it. Because I don't know a lot about a lot. But in my flesh, I find myself being a know-it-all like this. <laughs> you think you know. And then this is like the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm not this. The naive, shocked one. <laughs> that you could tell them right now, I just found out the moon is really made of cheese. <laughs> and you just look at them like, you for real believe that. And it's difficult because then you don't know. If that's y'all, just stop, okay? Stop it. In Jesus' name. Y'all, for real. I need to speak life into this room right now. I need to know in a, in a conversation, quote unquote, everybody, this isn't for just married people. When you're arguing with your best friend or your husband or wife or whomever, you have one person that likes to talk. I call them the filibuster. That's me in my house. If y'all don't know what a filibuster is, the person won't shut up until they get what they want. That's me. But I like to say it's Leah because I like to stress the truth. So anyway, like, and then you got the other side of it. Jesus' name, this is, I'm just giving y'all the whole story of our lives. I will ask a question. What do you think about? Those are crickets. And I'm like, hey! I don't always yell, so don't, don't judge me. But like, did you hear my question? What do you think about? I'm thinking. What you thinking about? I ask you a question. And the problem is, now listen, the problem is I want you to react as fast as I react, so I put a curse on you because I am a lawyer type that has an answer, and it's dumb. By the way, Proverbs talks about that over and over, that foolishness comes out of the mouth of someone who does not think through those things. But when I'm asking you a question, I put my curse on you because I need you to adjust yourself to me, not me adjust myself to you. And then this is what happens at my house. This is just to have a little fun. This is what happens at my house. Then I'll answer the question for Leah. And she said, well, I was about to say it. You won't give me enough time. I said, I waited 25 seconds. How long you need? 26. I'm like, okay. Next time. I'm oh, sorry, mug. This is what, y'all don't ever do this. Don't ever do this. And don't tell Lee I told you this. But y'all know in basketball how to do the five-second count when you're trying to take the ball out? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You need to talk to me. One, two, and they, the, the referee does like this, and then, and he blows with her 10 seconds. Behind. That's what I do to Leah. <laughs> I just start. Don't ever do that, but it's pretty funny. She knows it's a joke. Wink. All right, here we go. I'm the difficult people. Y'all are learning this, all right? But there's this one. You just, as if. That's so dumb. And so everything in your life, young people, this is for you. Everything in your life, your parents are so dumb, can't believe that they're wearing that. Oh, my gosh. Right? Don't lie, because I, I didn't do it exactly like that, because I've never done that voice. And none of y'all have either, but it's just for fun. But, like, we all go through a stage. Listen, listen, don't miss this. 
We all go through a stage where this is who we are because we still think a generation older than us is not as smart as we are. When we be wise to listen to them, y'all, I would be wise to listen to people that are a generation older than me because they've been through life that I haven't been through. But most of the time we think they are morons and they have no idea what they're talking about and we roll our eyes. So we become very difficult people to, to do life with because it's just like, look at what they're wearing, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on. Why are y'all silent? Is that because it's y'all tell me the truth? All right, here we go. Y'all know this person. How are you always happy? You know what I'm talking about? Like you got shot in the leg and you're giggling. You know that that's not true. Like you're lying to me right now. And then on the other hand, you got the always sad person. Someone gave you $10,000, $10,000 in hundreds, and you're looking at me like I robbed you. Your puppy does not always get stolen. Why are you always sad? You know what I mean? Like, that, it's just so hard. And we deal with these people. And then y'all know this one. This is what, it's just life. Y'all just go with it. Y'all know this one too because it's the person that you walk around and go, why are you crying? Come on, talk to me. Why are you crying? Did I do something good or bad? Right? Nobody knows that person. Nobody deals with that person. Why are you crying? If the best thing ever or the worst thing ever happens, you just walk by and like, I don't know. Y'all are Clemson fans. You had the game last night. If this is you, this is, what, this is how you reacted when y'all stopped them on fourth down. I've seen it. I've sat near people that are doing this, and I'm like, why are you here? Be excited. Your team did good. I'm mad, but your team did good. At least be excited. And no matter what happens in life, they're stoic. And I'm like, does your heart really beat? I'm going to go check. It's still alive, but we can't tell. And then, y'all, I used to, when I was teaching at Spartanburg Christian Academy, I used to get on some students pretty good. Because these were the students that after every class period, every time, we changed classes eight times a day. And every single period, they had to find their girlfriend. And I was like, amen. <laughs> Not amen, amen. You know what I'm talking about. Stop! You can't, that girl ain't breathing because you are just covering over her and then you kissy, kissy, kissy. Stop. It's cool to have a girlfriend. I don't care what y'all do. But stop hovering. It ain't always got to be kissy, kissy. And when y'all get married, somebody talk to me at this place. Because you're going to wish you had a friend in Jesus. Like, it's hard. And so all these people in our lives are difficult. And here's the deal. When I find myself in a lot of these and realize what I'm putting off is really difficult to deal with. So, the truth is our response to people that we don't get along with is crazy important. And this is where my message is really going to start. And in a second, I'm going to turn, I'm sorry, to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and show you what Paul said. But I want to show you four different ways that we can react. Four different responses that we can have. Y'all look at these. We can curse. And this is to get down in the mud with people. Listen, this is huge, y'all. When someone is not a follower of Jesus, and, and if you're not saved with me, just stay with me for a second. But when someone's not a follower of Jesus and we curse them, there is a massive statement that we're making. And I'm going to show you what Paul said in just a second about it. But what everyone, listen, there's not a person that you think is great or a person that you think is terrible that is not like this in their natural person. Everyone, when they're wronged, 
everyone when someone's done something to you. And I've tried to have fun with the emoji thing, but the truth of the matter is we disagree with a lot of people that have truly wronged us. And there truly are injustices in this world. And the minute that I want to curse a group of people or one individual that wronged you 10 years ago, the minute that a curse is what I want, a curse is what happens. But listen to this, it happens on you. You put yourself under a curse and what you think you're doing to them by getting revenge and getting even is actually what you're pouring on your head and you're living under a curse. And then there's the people that you want to nurse it because your thought about this is if I can just go through the motions and then, then it'll be all good. It's, it's all good. Y'all know this, right? If I just nurse... I'll buy them something. I know that they did something wrong, but I'll buy them something and try to make it better. I'll do this thing and try to make it better. Rather than deal with it in a biblical manner, we try to nurse the relationship along. And it ends up going back to a, nobody knows. Look at the top one. It ends up going back to a curse. Because I think it's going to take care of itself. This is free, y'all. If y'all don't get anything else, get this. It never takes care of itself, y'all. In life, nothing takes care of itself. You're either proactive and you listen to the Lord and do what he says, or you are building up walls that God never intended for us to build up in your own life. And it's impossible to reach your destiny through a wall because you've created it most of the time. And the next one is, and this is one I'm really good at, is I rehearse things. And I begin to go through scenarios in my mind of someone that's wronged wronged me. I need to know if anybody else in here does this. And I play it out, and I play it out. Some people would call this crazy. Y'all stay with me (laughs) because I answer myself, and it's all good. We're not schizo. We just maybe. But, like, we play these things out in our minds, and and we create these scenarios that are crazy, y'all. And most of the time, go back to worry, the worry message at the beginning of this series. Most of the time, those things are things we should have never worried about, but we've created this this thing in our lives that is unbelievable because we heard one thing or we saw one thing that came against us. But the last thing is we can reverse it. Does that mean every situation in your life will be reversed? No, absolutely not. That is not what this is about. It means that the curse over your life will be reversed. And it all boils down to how you respond when people come against you. And whether or not you are the opposition to many people, because listen, here's what, here's just, this is, this is just free. When I look at dealing with difficult people, what I've found is as a pastor, most of the time the difficult people that come against me are Christians. I know no one's going to talk to me because that's all of us, but most of the time the difficult people that I deal with are Christ followers that think I'm bad at what I do. I should never stand up for this group of people. I should never do that. And I have to decide in my heart, am I going to show the world that we all Christians are like this? Or are we going to be kingdom people that build bridges? And it's very difficult because my natural person wants to show you, listen, this is why we do it, that I'm right. So when you come against me, or especially when it's a public setting, I've got to make sure the world knows that I'm right. And you know what? I'm right in the Lord. And he's already set me free. And it doesn't matter if you think that I'm nuts because some person that's wacky says something about me on social media. But in the moment, I don't care about that. I just care about being right. So here's what Paul said. Watch this. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 says, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord. From a, y'all say this out loud. 
I don't care how talented you are or how anointed you are from the Lord. If you don't go from a pure heart, you are putting a curse on everyone. And listen, I can show you how this is the case, and it's nuts. It's crazy because it's so counterintuitive, meaning it's not what you think in your mind. It's not what it should be. I can show you the right thing to do and do the right thing. And if the only reason that I'm doing it is so that you think that I'm good, it is not a pure heart. It's a manipulative spirit. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is why am I doing what I'm doing before God? And am I doing it for the purpose of growing his kingdom, his righteousness, seeking him first and following him? Because if I'm doing it to show you that I'm good, I am killing everybody that God's called me to serve. And ultimately, I'm not pointing anybody to glory in God because, listen, this is heavy. I want you to glorify me because I'm doing it right. Now, that's ridiculous. That's hard, y'all. I'm doing the right thing, but if it's not motivated from a pure heart, it's not life and death that I'm, or it's not life that I'm bringing, but death that I'm bringing, excuse me, from my tongue, even if it's the right thing that I'm saying because it's motivated from a heart of I want you to glorify me. That's frustrating, Paul. I just want you to know that. Moving on. Have nothing. Everybody say nothing. Not a little bit of something. Not most of the time don't. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. <clears throat> just giving y'all me in my life when I was um, a bit younger, in my early 20s, <clears throat> The internets were just starting to roll, y'all. Come on, somebody. When we were in college, we thought it was the coolest thing ever. We didn't have dial-up anymore my, my junior year in college. We were like, there's no more. That's just crazy, right? Come on, old people. Talk to me in this place. <clears throat> and so they, y'all have seen these where it comes out, Pepsi hates all Christians. They lay off 400,000 people and they hate them, right? Y'all have seen it. And then there's a mass email that used to go out. I don't get them anymore because I guess I just don't get them. But... And so I would be the guy that would, mass, that would forward the mass email. We need to stand up against this company because they've done something. 90% of the time that I'd send it, I'd have to send an apology email right after it because it was all lies. And I was stirring up foolish, ignorant, ignorant controversy because it didn't even matter. That was me calling out pastors. They're not preaching the right way. Who? What? Who do you think you are, Mark H. Pangle? What's the right way? Did they preach Jesus? Then shut your mouth, bro. So, I was the bullhorn that I didn't put as an emoji because I didn't want to call myself out too bad. Come on. And then I've, I've learned over the years, as God continues to teach me through the culture of honor, which is the kingdom's currency and love through the right ways, I've begun to learn. But I've just begun because I still find myself in the heat of a moment. Wanting to react, even if it's in pure motives, if it's the wrong way, then it still brings a curse. Because they breed quarrels, and I need y'all to know about quarrels. That is never God's plan. Because 1 Corinthians 13, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 14, 33 says that God is the God of order, not chaos. Satan is the father of all chaos. Everything that is chaotic in this world comes from the prince of power of the air and the king of this world. He is the reason that all of these destructive things are happening. And the second reason is because God's people are not standing up and taking back the authority that God gave us. Why does that happen? Because we want it for ourselves. Because we don't want to point everything to God. Because I want to be right. 
Because it's all about me. And at the end of the day, the kingdom that I'm really seeking is, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to do it in your name. But I'm selling out as a prostitute the name of Jesus so that more people will buy what I'm selling. I know that's heavy and nobody's going to talk to me, but that's the reality of where we are. If anybody agrees, y'all can talk to me in this place. Come on. And I find myself breeding quarrels even though I say I don't want it to happen because I want to be right and I want people to hear what I have to say. The truth of the matter is for kingdom people, we've got the greatest thing to say and we don't have to build our own platforms. And if we do, the house will fall. But if he builds it, there's nothing that can stand on it because it's the solid rock. It's Jesus. So verse 24 says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome in my spirit, but kind to Paul, this is just me and you talking since you wrote this. I need this to say most people. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like there's some people that I ain't trying to be kind to. Is anybody in here today? Because some people don't need me to be kind to them. Am I the only one that feels that way? But the truth of the matter is as soon as I react in that way, I'm deciding that it's my way that's better than his way. I'm about to say some things that are heavy. I need y'all to stay with me. And this is why I felt a great deal of conviction in the last several days reading through this. Even the people that say things that are hateful about your group of people, whether it's a racial issue or a sexist issue, whether it's about your family or your wife or your husband, even those people, yep, why? Because then we're able, listen, then we're able to teach patiently enduring evil. Watch. I'm sorry. Here's what Paul said in the New Living, and this is crazy. We're able to deal with difficult people. Again, I say to you, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach Patient, be patient with difficult people, and that's the point of today's message. And watch what verse 25 says in the English Standard. I begin to correct my opponents with, what's this word? And the thing that goes with gentleness, it's always like a yin and a yang, but they, they work in tandem is self-control. And when a sober mind or a clear head is not there, then I will never be gentle. I may sound gentle because I have a tender spirit, in my natural person, but I will mean to cause destruction in my flesh. And so the result of this, y'all, is we do so much devastation, even when motivated in good things. Because good is not God, always. And I find myself not wanting to be gentle. I find myself wanting to be right. Am I the only person that feels this way? I find myself wanting to be right, so I speak out the right answer, and I spew this venom, I become the first emoji, angry face mark. Here's what's so powerful behind it, what Paul said, God may perhaps grant them repentance. The word repent is a fascinating word because it's not just I'm sorry for what I did, but it literally translates to turn the other way. By the way, listen, we could call it just reverse, right? To reverse course from where they're heading. heading. So I've noticed this. How many times in an argument, I just want y'all to talk to me if y'all will agree with me. 
How many times in an argument have you noticed when you're angry and they're angry that you've changed their mind? Have y'all ever seen it? I don't think I, I'm trying to think this week if I've ever seen people arguing and all of a sudden they go, you know what, you're right. You got me. You cussed me out. And you were right, but, but you, you, I, I'm completely changing where I am. Never. Does this mean that we should just be silent? No. But with gentleness and kindness, we present the problem to brothers and sisters, whether they're saved or not, y'all. A lot of times it's even bigger to unsaved because they're watching how we respond to each other, and they're saying, why do I want that crap? There's no grace in them. Leading them to knowledge of the truth. And if we just have knowledge, but it's not knowledge of his truth, then we're full of stuff. And they come to their senses. Like, Lord willing, all of you have had happen in your life, but probably many of you have never had that happen. Because coming to my senses is when I have eyes that see what he has designed for me to see. No longer do I see the world as the world is. No longer do I see this place my home. This is my temporary place, 80, if the Lord's willing, 85 years or something like that. But soon and very soon, I'm going home, y'all. And so the design of my body and my life is to bring heaven to earth through, through a kingdom mindset and building bridges and loving people. What about when they wrong you? Even more so when they wrong you. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I can't do that on my own. Jesus like, I know, but I got you. I got you. And they may come to their senses and escape. This is huge, y'all. The snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. When I follow Christ and when I do it his way, not only am I offering them forgiveness, not only, listen, am I not putting myself under a curse, but I am enabling them to have an opportunity to be freed from the snare that the enemy has on them and the curse that is over their life. Because he's put his curse of venom and hate and goodness instead of following Jesus and his righteousness right in front of us as a tasty fruit so that we will do his plan because there's two kingdoms at work in this world. And one is the kingdom of darkness and one is the kingdom of light. And I watch people every day out of good intentions building darkness because we fight crazy foolish fights and your pastor is guilty oftentimes because I'm a sinful man. But anytime that I live a life-giving life as a result of the life he's given me and then full of his spirit every single day, not filling myself with junk, but watching him first, something changes. And here's how Paul said we should react in Ephesians 4. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, which is like a loud argument saying crazy things that you can't even understand, slander, be put away trying to twist it. Y'all know this. I'm telling you, maybe I'm the only one because nobody's talking to me in here, but I know the feeling of when you come at me, I'll, I'll stretch the truth just a little bit so that you'll believe me and so that you'll think a little bit better than me. And it's crazy how I get to that point. And I just look at myself and go, I didn't need to lie. But that's what a slander is. I didn't need to do these things, but that's what happens because I need you to think about, y'all, what if we began to say, I need you to know about my Jesus that way? 
And instead of, instead of caring so much about what you think about me, I just point people to the kingdom and what, and what he's done inside of me. What would it look like, y'all? And this is what he said. Along with all malice and that, that hate in our hearts, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And this is the part that's hard. Even as God in Christ Jesus forgave me. So, I'm supposed to be kind to other people no matter what they've done to me as a result of how Christ forgave me. So how did he forgive you? He forgave us by God demonstrating his love for us that while we were yet sinners, he died for you and for me. That on my worst day, he thought of you and loved you. The worst thing you've ever done, it can, you can bring it to your mind. The thing that you're so embarrassed about that if you had to say it out loud, you would faint or throw up because it would embarrass you so bad. He loved you in that. Enough to send Jesus to die for you. What kind of God would do that? I hear people all the time say, what kind of God would let bad things happen to kids and all this? I I have a question to flip that on its head. What kind of God would love me and my sin? Because God never hurt a kid. Sin that has been brought into this world and the curse that is on this world is why those bad things happen. Don't ever forget that. God is not doing that to you. We are. We are the reason that those things are happening because we haven't decided that we'll follow his way. Oh, we know all about it. We have not decided that we'll follow his way. So what's his way? Forgiveness. That's the key to reversing the curse. What about this person? Forgive. What about this person? Forgive. What about this person? Forgive. And y'all, this is what I haven't been able to get off my mind this week. <clears throat> like, I don't know how well you know the Bible, and I don't, it doesn't matter at this moment. I just want you to listen to this. Jesus lived for 33 years as a man, fully God, fully man. At the end of his earthly ministry, having never sinned a, a single sin in his life, He was arrested, tried, beaten with a cat of nine tails, which was like ball bearing and bone and glass. They beat him so many times that his back, the Bible says, was like ribbon, that it literally was stripped down, that he was so beaten that you could not recognize him if you were his best friend. And then they hung him on a cross. That was a torturous, awful thing that most likely they pulled up and it was, a, it was not an extremely long device. And it was not proportionately good that they nailed him to it. And then they pulled him up, not being able to catch his breath. Then they nailed his feet into it. And for hours, on the most gruesome death that has ever been invented, possibly, with a crown of thorns on his head, he said seven statements while he was hanging on the cross, The last statements were, into your hands I commit my spirit and it is finished. The one right before that, hanging on the cross, seconds, maybe, maybe a minute or two before he dies. He's looking down. Now listen, he's looking down at the people that have just beaten him and hated him and cussed at him. And think about all the things that you've been wronged in your life and then magnify at times I can't even describe. And that's what Jesus was looking at as they cursed him, someone that was totally innocent. We stand up for injustices, right? Because, and I do, y'all, I do it with you. But as we stand up for injustices, think about how Jesus stood up. 
he didn't, <clears throat> I'm going to do it. <clears throat> he didn't stand up, y'all, with an iron fist. He stood up with open arms, nailed to a cross. Are you kidding me? Nailed to a cross? And he said these words, and they're, they're eyewitnessed by John the Beloved, who wrote the book of John, who was kneeling right there, and he had just said, Behold your son, John. In other words, I'm about to leave, so you take care of my mama. He heard him say these words. and I, Just what would have gone through your mind? Forgive all of them, because they don't know what they're doing. Listen. So every person that has wronged you, that is under that curse of sin, death, and hell, every person, I know that some of y'all have been through such hell in your life that I couldn't even begin to understand. I don't try to understand. I try to love you where you are, and I don't try to say that I understand where you are. I do not. But I know who does. And it's the one that the night before was in the garden and took on all your shame and all your insecurities and everything that you'll ever have in the garden while he was praying, and he was under so much stress that blood came from his pores. And I just, y'all, this is, I'm really trying not to be emotional, but I'm just going to go with it. Because I, I don't know how to describe this as a pastor. I don't have the words. And if it doesn't mess you up, then I don't know what to do for you. I, I don't know. I, don't, I know that I can explain to y'all some things that have been said about me in the last two weeks that are really wrong. And I think I could rile y'all up and get y'all on my team. But I can't possibly describe for you how wrong I've done to God. I can't. Listen. This is as real as it gets. And if y'all think I'm putting on a show, then just do it. I don't care. And in the middle of all that, listen, he looks at me and says, I forgive you and I love you in that junk. And on my best day, when I think I've accomplished something, I love you. And no matter what I've done in my life, I love you. Y'all, the greatest mystery in this world, the greatest mystery we can ever know is not how to cure cancer and how to create something new. It's beginning to understand forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ because every drop of blood that was shed was for each one of us because he knew our names and he knew the hairs on our head while he was a human being on this planet and then he thought of you and he loved you. And this is the deal. My burden this week is how many times have I not shown that to people because they've wronged me? Because listen, Jesus said this when he was sitting in a room of religious people, when they were judging a woman and she was washing the feet of Jesus. He said, listen, those who are forgiven of much, love much. And as a result, we begin to show a lot of forgiveness. Let me translate it. Those who have received a lot of grace, show a lot of grace. And I begin to do what Jesus did. I don't know what those people are going through that are coming against me. But Father, forgive them because I don't believe that they really know what they're doing. Why? Because they're in a trap from the enemy. And maybe, just maybe, how I react to them can show them the love of Jesus that he's given me first. 
and if I begin to live as a bridge builder, not a wall builder. Because I'm seeking kingdom first and not my kingdom first. Then there's a reverse. Because I turn and I walk to him. And there's a shift in the atmosphere and something changes. And it's amazing. Here's the deal. That is impossible. Somebody say impossible. On my own. The only chance that I will truly be a forgiven man that gives out forgiveness is by starting every day and saying, Jesus, I don't understand, but you're so good. I don't even deserve to be awake today because I should be dead in my trespasses and sin, but I'm alive in Christ, and I'm so thankful. And today, I know I'm going to do some, say something because I'm Mark and do something because I'm Mark. But just walk with me because I want to show everybody how good you are. And I can talk with this microphone till I'm blue in the face and I'm a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. But if I do it out of love, y'all, something changes. Something changes. And here's what I want to tell all of y'all out of love. He really does love you. And he really did have your name on his mind when he died. And he really does want you to walk in new life. But here's what it looks like. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And I confess my sin, and he heals me from that, and I walk new in him this way. I'm not what I was because I was bought with a price. And then every day becomes new. And I believe a lot of us with our mouths will say, I know about Jesus. I went to that four points thing. They were doing their thing over there. It was getting crazy. They were growing. And he's going to look at us and say, depart from me. I never knew you because I never wanted to get you out of hell free. I wanted a love relationship with you. And heaven is your destiny, not, your, not the only thing that matters. And many people will miss salvation just because they put it in their head, but they never trusted him with their heart. And I wonder if that's you today. I just wonder if you've never really fully received forgiveness. Because listen to me, if you hate yourself in this room, I don't believe you've ever known Jesus. Or if you did, he's so foreign to you today, you need to, you need to come back to Jesus, everybody. Because you are so precious in his sight. You're so beautiful and handsome and marvelous in his sight. And you are a precious child of God. No matter what you look like, where you come from, you are a, you are a, you are a beautiful person in the eyes of Jesus. And I just want you to know that life is your opportunity today. In Jesus' name, not easy but amazing full life in Jesus' name. Will you bow your heads with me? We're just going to do this quick. Pastor, I feel like you were talking to me. The Holy Spirit is gripping on my neck, and I'm, I know that's me. Listen, if you don't want to do this, that's between you and God, but I know some of you, this is you right this moment. Pastor, I need Jesus to save me right now, and I'm willing to say I follow him with my whole heart. If that's you in this room, come on, just lift your hand up. We're not looking around. I just want you to be honest. Just throw your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. You were, it felt like you were talking straight to me, and nothing will hold me back. Thank you back there. Just keep your hand up, if you will. Who else? Come on, don't let one lady be the only bold person, but you be bold with her and say, that's me with you. I know there's more. Who else is it? I know right now that God is talking to me and that he wants to save me, and I want to follow Jesus Christ. I want to follow Jesus Christ. It's simply confessing with your mouth that he's Lord and believing in your heart. I do not believe it's a simple little magic prayer. I just think it's your heart. 
And so if you believe and you receive, you are new in Jesus today. And as soon as service is over, if you'll just go to our back wall, there's someone waiting for you at the, at the prayer wall and they want to talk with you. Can I just get everybody to look up here? Y'all, if you're a Christ follower, I have a challenge for you because I believe most of you are. I have a challenge for you. I wonder if y'all would be willing to admit to me that you know somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Y'all look this way. That doesn't know Jesus. That either you, has wronged you or you've just ignored. That you know a bridge needs to be built and you know you need to invite them to church whether you know you need to, to share the gospel with them. I don't know, maybe somebody will say that that's not them. Can I see hands? That's me, Pastor. I know somebody in my life that I need to share Jesus with. Listen, it blows my mind if there's someone that doesn't raise their hand right now. I'm just being honest with you because that means that you literally don't know anybody. Because you got a neighbor. Come on, somebody. Listen, here's, here's the mission statement. If we don't, nobody will. And if nobody does, they're going to die without Jesus. So listen, we don't need enough, uh, we don't need to have a draft to build an army. We need some green beret and some Navy SEAL kingdom people to rise up and go on mission that's out of love and forgiveness, motivated because he forgave me first and loved me first. And we will see a change in the culture of the upstate and it will spread like wildfire, but it starts with you, not with your pastor. It starts with the individual in the heart by saying, you know what, Dad? You never loved me, but I love you. Not because of your love for me, but because of my heavenly Father's love for me. And I want to build a bridge with that relationship. And I want to build a bridge with my boss who hates my guts. But I want to show them the love of Jesus. I will show the world that Jesus is the way. Listen, if you are in agreement, and in Jesus' name you're willing to do that, I just want you to let out a shout in this place because I believe we're going to change the world. Come on, somebody. When your team scores a touchdown, I know y'all get excited. Jesus. We love you, and we glorify your name. And, Lord, we receive your forgiveness, not because we deserve it, because there's no part of me that deserves it, but because you're so good. And now we just declare your name. Lord, this song that we're about to sing is so good. And, God, I just pray that you move through it in the end of the service. I love you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Y'all stand with us. <laughs>